0: Short speech Extra. Beats 102-103. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford.
1: There's more issues than the travel. I said, I just can't do it's
0: it. Games go on and you don't get a goal. You start to have little questions in the back of your mind. Ah, Welcome to the latest edition
2: this Saturday the 24th of October. This week's episode is all about variety with three sportsmen operating in very different sporting spheres. A chance to get behind the scenes on this week's Sportsbeat Extra. This week we hear from a man making his home once more in Ballybeg. Me and Dennis
0: are still in contact. It's personal between the two of us. We private message each other weekly. Do you know what I mean? He says he's going to win, I say. I will. Really? And on a weekly basis
2: you're doing this? On
3: a
0: weekly basis. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It's happening.
2: We talked to a three-time world drifting champion.
3: As more people getting get it, as more people respect you know, the skill it takes to do what we do, throwing these cars with 800 horsepower around the place.
2: But first, tomorrow brings the penultimate game of the SSE Air Tristy Premier Division after a crazy 2020 for Waterford FC. Having started the year, not sure if Leaf Power would continue his investment. The club have seen Fran Rocket succeed Alan Reynolds via a strange interim period in which former Irish international John Sheridan calls all kinds of controversy with his alleged comments about the league departing in a flash to take the position at Wigan Athletic. I sat down with Fran this week as we attempted to digest the year just gone by with a huge game in a late European push against Dundalk tomorrow afternoon.
1: This
0: is Sports Beat Extra.
1: Well, when I came in, um, it was just after the, the Shamrock Rovers game and, um, you know, I, I straight away when, there was, when the vacancy um, was there... Um, I looked at it and I said to myself, "I want to. It's a massive opportunity. I wanted to go for it straight away." And um, you know, and I'm delighted that I've done. I, I have done, and um, up until now there's no regrets because every single day I come in here, you know, um, you know, you, you're working to, towards trying to develop the group and you know, work on a few little processes that we put together. Um, it's it's been so far. It's been it's been really really good. I have to be honest, really really positive. Working with a young group of players and um you know uh, you know the, the whole challenge of the european thing to finish as far as we can up the table um and try and put a positive twist on things because i think to be fair to the players when you lose managers you know two on the trot it's um it's hard so you're just trying to keep the you know not tip the scales keep things moving along and um you know get get the boys all you know um singing off the same hymn sheet and and Aiming toward finishing up the table as far as we can. It, this team under Fran Rocket isn't more of an Alan Reynolds team, isn't more um, of a Jim Sheridan you know team. It's 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 in it's interesting. I think you know it's it's very hard to try and change in a short period of time, um, holistically change things. You know what I mean? Um, from even from a tactical perspective, but I think we we we've worked on certain areas to try and just slightly you know um, tweak them a bit and uh, give the boys more ownership of the ball when we and you know. Um, when we have the ball, and we, we've just been unlucky um, that we've lost, you know, someone like I say, a Sam Bone that would help us. But um, you know, on, on the defensive aspect, of things. But I think in, in possession of the ball, I think we've definitely, you know, um, have have had more possession, have had more chances. Just haven't been that clinical. But to go back to your your, your um, the, the start of the question, it's it's been since you know Rennie's gone, since John's gone. For me, it's just I'm constantly learning um you know, about, you know, obviously myself, about the group, the inner workings and things and, and stuff like that. But it was always, um, it, it's just a great challenge, um, Kev. It's just a great challenge. And, um, you know, you're just trying to make sure that um, you finish out strong and, you, you know, you don't burn out or fade away. We want to be here right till the Finn Harps game and, you know, and, and, and give it everything. And that's what we'll do.
2: And I suppose... I, I want to talk more about the kind of young players and the kind of balance of the squad. Um, but I think it would be remiss of me, considering the fact that you're playing Dundalk on Sunday, not to make mention to the, to the, the last time you played them and yeah. all the controversy that surrounded that. I suppose, was, was that annoying for you? Or, or how was John kind of about, was he annoyed by that? Or was it more that he was kind of glad to have a distraction from something else Did he not mind being talked about? Because it was really the talk of the place for yeah. The, the, yeah, that, that week.
1: It was. To, to be fair to John, you know... He's an emotional character as well on the side and he likes getting involved, you know, but he didn't want that. He, no, I don't yeah. think anybody wants to bring that kind of spotlight on top of him. Um, and, you know, whether he was misconstrued in what he said, um, you know, it just... It, it's. It's you don't need that hassle. You yeah. Know? You, well, you, was you it know annoying
2: you for you because obviously you're a, you're a, you know you're like myself. We were a League of Ireland through and through. So was it kind of annoying being associated then with comments yeah, like that? Yeah,
1: especially because we loved we loved the league absolutely. Yeah. You know, you know, coming to these games since what, you know two three years of yeah. age. So really, it it is annoying with that whole association. But again, you know, it was probably it was misconstrued. And to be fair to John, John has a lot of time. He likes this league, and he, he, he you know as he was leaving, he was only really getting into it. You yeah. know, to be fair to him so look it was much much ado about nothing and uh, you know I took away from the performance because I thought we were very good up there really yeah. really good you know and we were unlucky and um, a bit of naivety again near the end of the game just not to see it out you know what I mean so I think it took the spotlight off actually quite a good performance and it shows that we can mix it when we're when we're at it up there and know? there
2: were a few kind of around that time where you had very good performances didn't quite get the result against Sligo losing late goals to that um, I suppose now it, now we're at the stage where we are, as you say, what's the what did you say the average the age of the team 23, was? The yeah, 23, yeah, 23 and a half actually. Yeah. And um, you, you spoke about Sam before, I was listening to the to the Cork game um, on Saturday and Sam was speaking at half time and he was saying it would just be, I'd love to come back in a few weeks and be able to tell you I'm here next year because I'm ready. Is is that frustrating as a manager to know that you have players here, that older players that, that do want to stay but the, you just can't? Can't quite yeah. offer them the contract yeah. yet. Look,
1: ideally, in an ideal world, and I've kind of got used to it over the, the, the years here, you want to get everyone signed up, everyone, you know, um, settled and focused on the game in hand, you know, and not worrying about where their future lies. And I think we're not the only club. I think a lot of clubs, especially in these times with the virus or whatever, you know, no one knows, you know, mm. you know, what way where but they're it, at It's kind
2: know? of been like that though for the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Even under any, I remember yeah, the last yeah, two yeah, or three yeah. seasons it's kind of been he getting patches it up, yeah, we, uh, exactly. Yeah.
1: Together. It's uh, you know what, that's just the way this club works at the minute and I think we've just got used but it. it is annoying obviously everyone wants to try and get the players on board um, as soon as possible so you can work on your whatever processes you want and it is frustrating but I think on the other side of it it's testament that it likes Alan Reynolds to turn around and put a team together out of nothing so you know um, you know, late in the day if you want to call it that but hopefully that changes and to be fair the club has made um, uh, approaches this season to try and get players and it's just about um, now just a negotiation process and uh, hopefully we get players settled for next season
2: and what about yourself you obviously brought in David Breen who's a legend of this yeah. club and, and was obviously um, with Wexford Youth or Wexford FC recently in the first division a lovely fella as well um, I've talked to him a few times um, how hopeful that it'll be the 2E kind of leading the Blues into the 2021 campaign.
1: Do you know what? This has been a dream job for me. Um, never took it for granted once, you know, and uh, David Breen's the exact same, John Frost, Dirk and mm-hmm. Michael O'Sullivan, the, the staff that we have here. Um, All I'm focused on, and I know probably a cliche, is just the next two games, and after that we'll see where it is. But my dream is, you know, to stay on here and look to try and build something if possible. And if not, I'll be here in some capacity. And if not in some capacity, I'll be there supporting the club, you know. And and that's just the way it is. I don't think anybody knows the future as of yet. um, You know where they are at, and I think we just have to give it everything for the next two games, and then we can start deciding on that.
2: And do you think the two games will have an impact on the future? As you say, It talks about Europe and the potential of. Much that'll impact on the potential ownership of the club yeah. and where it's going to go in the future. Yeah,
1: I think, Matt, look, the way I look at it, I think if you're winning games. You know, things people look at things slightly differently. You know, yeah. whether that's um, you know um, a, an outlook from the manager if he's going to keep staying his job, if it's whoever, if it's a player, or whatever like that. You know, results can change people's minds, make people prop up and look at things differently. And uh, look, if we get six points, it could change people's mindsets on whatever it is. But um, we just have to concentrate on the two games. You know what I mean? And um, you know that that's really all I can really say about that. Um,
2: I suppose generally now the, the FAI put down the 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 uh, protocols basically saying that if you have a COVID case, you kind of have to drive on, we're running yeah, out of time yeah. for the season. Um, were you surprised by that and what's the players reaction been to that
1: yeah well to be fair to the players you know we, we haven't spoke that much about it they've got all the information sent on to them we haven't got into great detail about it because look you, you, the players have ownership of all that as well they understand it I think with us it's just a case of hoping that these games just go ahead you know I don't think you're going to get too deep into the specifics about it the players just want to play you know so for you know games to be called off and the seasons to go on it's been a long season maybe mentally and physically for players I think it's important just to get these games played and um, you know revalue things and you know go again for the following season because again the players just want to play we're so lucky to do what we're doing you know especially to be able you know not in in the lockdown we're still able to train you know as elite, elite, elite athletes and all that so you know I think there is a definite appreciation of it and I think I think this will help League of Ireland massively in another way as well I think people have now time to, to, to watch it more to understand it more with the Watch League of Ireland and all these kind of things so you're just hoping that you know that, that people start to look at it and, and love it as much as we do because mm. it's, a, it's I think it's a fantastic product and I think it's one that's only going to get better especially with the talent come through serious talent on the way
2: Yeah and I was always going to finish it I suppose just some of the talent that you've unearthed this season uh, you know Timmy Sobowale who I had never seen play yeah. um, you've had some really exciting guys coming up from the 19s like the likes of Niall O'Keefe Um, Matty Smith has been flying like there's a couple of these guys that we never would have heard before and all of a sudden like what is it that kind of is there that binds these guys together or what is it that
1: Um, do you know what there's uh, that youthfulness as well I think that you know and I think a lot of them, you know, they play without fear. I think results as well a, a big thing. The results don't affect them as much. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. the, you know, if they lose, you know, they don't get too down. You know, I think they can just turn the page as quick as possible. And sometimes with a young group, that's what you want. You don't want to overanalyze things. You just want to try and correct them on the move, you know. And, but looking at them, you look at the, the, you know, Niall is 18. You look at Tyreek, Tyreek's 20. Robbie McCourt's 21. Jake's 19. Um, you know um, Daryl Power nineteen years of age maddie smith you know twenty two twenty one years of age you know you, you have so many young players there and um, they 're going to make mistakes, but it 's important that you know, they bounce back, get on with it, learn from it, and um, I think again, the the big thing for all this is keeping the group together. It's one thing having a good group of young players; it's the other thing to try and develop them and try and prepare them for the following season. And um, hopefully, that's that's what, what we're going to do. Five counties, one big sports show. Sportsbeat extra.
2: If you've checked out our social media channels today you may very well have seen that I was in the heart of Ballybeg yesterday morning to talk to a man glad to be back shoreside. Dylan Moran's 2020 has been topsy-turvy to say the least with two cancelled fights against Dennis Ilbay the winding off of his promoter and now gunning for three victories in a row to see out his 2020 year. Dylan exclusively revealed to beat that his next bout will take place in Alicante on November 21st against Nicaraguan David Bency but first I asked him about his return home.
0: Yeah, Liechtenstein was a great experience all around um, took loads from being over there, you know. I realised I can take my training to the next level, a level that I hadn't really hit back here. And uh, now the benchmark is here that I'm home. So yeah, I'm enjoying being home. I was away for just over a year I think. Um, like I said, all around great experience, it's always good to come home and I've been keeping as busy as I can back here as well, you know, and I've brought back whatever I've learned over there and I've been putting it to use here and it's paying off.
2: Um, tell us about the ex- recent experience in Poland. We were, we were saying how because of everything that happened with PGP and obviously the first Ilbe fight being being called off, that it almost, 2020 seemed like a, a, what was going to be a terrible year and yet for one of the worst years that we've had, you, your 2020 has actually been a very successful one.
0: Yeah, the beginning of it um, was all downhill. You know, I was preparing to fight Ilbe, uh, it was a dream come true, everything was going better than ever you know and at the very beginning of this pandemic i was 10 days from the fight and they said the fight's been cancelled i then came home i done locked down in ireland i went back to Liechtenstein, began training for ilbay again and this time the company went bust so uh, yeah it's been a rocky road but we made the most of it we came home didn't feel sorry for ourselves got back in the gym and since then i've had three wins back to back and hopefully heading for a fourth so yeah we've made the most of the second half of the year
2: and the latest being in poland how's the experience over there
0: Poland was a great experience Um, You know, I hadn't been to Poland previously And um, we went to this arena In the middle of nowhere Um, It was obviously full of Polish people It was like you were the away (laughs) fighter And um, yeah, got a win over there But great experience all around And good to get another win
2: Um, Bit strange you though Because obviously you came back from there Which meant you had to do the 14 day isolation Uh, That was, what, 10 days before we went there or whatever. So you were literally just coming out of your own isolation and now the country's gone into lockdown. So how how, how are you feeling right now?
0: Yeah, um the lockdown is a tough time for everybody and um, like i said there's hopes of hopefully today i can announce that i'm fighting again soon and if that happens it's just back to the gym for me you know nothing changes um, it's gym home home gym you know and um, very lucky to have this gym here you know some people can't make it to the gyms um, hopefully the fight gets announced today everything will be 100 percent and i'll just kick back into gear hopefully get another win and uh, finish the year on a high
2: um, you're saying you're fighting in poland and it was very much like an away experience now that you're back here in Ballybeg to a place that you have such a strong connection with, do you feel that more now when you fight than you did when you were over in Liechtenstein, perhaps slightly kind of distant from it?
0: Yeah. Um, when when you come back to Ballybeg, it just uh, it, it reminds you of how hard you work to get to places like Liechtenstein. You know, when you go back on your old run and you're coming into the gym again, it just brings you back to years where you were working before Liechtenstein never even existed, and you'd just been dreaming of getting to them places. I got over there, I had a dream contract, and it, everything was everything I'd ever dreamed of. And when you come back to Valley Bay, it just reassures all that. You remember how hard you worked, what you went through to get there and it just gets you going again, you know, it puts that fire back in the stomach and that's where I'm at now and you know, like I said, hopefully get a win to finish the year and be back on the big things in the new year. If I win in the end of November, my record will be sixteen and one. Chasing that Dennis Hilvey fight again. It's a fight that I'm very confident of beating and win that fight and the words is my oyster do you know what i mean it's just massive fights after that so i'm more touch touching distance of it all
2: tell, tell us a little bit about uh, i suppose november is another big month for you uh, a trip back to spain again and a very exciting fight in the cards
0: yeah so just off the back of poland um conor slater rang me this morning uh, dylan there's a show happening in alicante on november 21st um, david benzi is the opponent check him out Looked at the guy, he's got a couple of losses on his record, but this guy can fight, and it's a fight that, the minute I seen, I watched him on YouTube, I got excited about it, and I said sign me up for it, you know, I'm good mm-hmm. to go. Connor then rang me back and said, it's all over we're doing it, so, yeah, that's next, back in the gym from Monday, it's four weeks, I think, to November 21st, I'll be in great shape going out there, because I've just finished camp for Poland, I've yeah, only had 10 days, two weeks off, you know, kick back into gear, and like I said, hopefully finish the year on a high, this is a great fight, it's one I'm very excited for, it'll be live streamed on the internet, and. And uh, everybody tune in it'll be a great night yeah and I suppose particularly
2: everyone is trying to find something to keep themselves motivated during the six weeks just for you mentally to have something to target how important is that
0: very important. Um, without training, I'm, I'm not able to cope, you know, and now that we have faced the six weeks lockdown, my advice to anybody sitting at home is get exercising. You know, you need to structure your day, make use of your time. Everybody's gonna have a lot more time on their hands and exercise is the answer. You know, you can do it from home, you can do it outside, and um, you'll just feel the benefits from it. Getting started is the hardest part. Yeah. Once you get started, then you reap the rewards, and it'll be the best thing you've done. Uh,
2: and you were saying, I suppose that's the thing, like there was, we were saying, and uh, there, we both kind of agreed that there isn't really that much information out there for people so from somebody who kind of is used to kind of almost being in your own mini lockdowns and dealing with that being in camp being isolated like how how would you kind of recommend to people or what would your recommendation be to people
0: my recommendations like i said is you're gonna have a lot more time on your hands and the main thing is to structure your day because if you're waking up in the mornings and you've got nothing going on you know it's going to be a long day and it's going to end up getting to you in the end Um structure your day write down a plan and stick to it you know morning something to do evening time something to do i advise reading training Try something new. I put on social media the other day, like yoga stretching. There's plenty of step-by-step videos on YouTube, you know. And like I said, once you put your structure to the other day, the weeks will go by, and before you know it, this lockdown will be over. But if you just sit on the chair feeling sorry for yourself, it's going to be a long six weeks.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose the, the the fight in coming up now is going to be very different to the one in Poland. You were saying that the the guy you were fighting in Poland was a bit more of a a brawler, I suppose that he's from knock from a boxing background. It seems to me like you're talking about the guy that you're going to be fighting now in in. Anak- day is a bit more of a, a bit more of an actual boxing match so how does the tactics change for you and kind of what's your plan then going in towards the next couple of weeks
0: yeah um the guy in poland mma fire was stuck to the boxing got the job done david Bensi from what i've seen i've not studied him yet this guy can fight as well as box he's been around the block he's been in there with some really really good guys and he's been the longer distance a lot more times than i have so he's going to have experience I'm a little younger and I'm fresher and we'll use all that to our advantage. Um, we'll get the laptop out, we'll sit down, we'll put a plan in place over the weekend on what we think can get the job done and we'll stick to it and we'll just drill that day by day until the fight comes around. And like I said, from what I've seen, it's gonna be an exciting fight, but one I'm confident to win it.
2: Um, you're, we were talking about your relationship with Dennis Ilbey kind of over the crack the of the pizza jokes and everything else that goes along with it. That seems to be a running team in Irish boxing this year. I don't know I, um, pizza, but um, but I suppose, have you kind of managed to stay in contact with him in terms of through all this, or have your people kind of said, look, we're still up for this next year. Has there been any contact or, or are you going to, is the plan then to just get this one with Dave Bencey out of the way, get into the new year and then kind of reestablish contact there again?
0: Yeah, um obviously it's one fight at a time with me, I never get ahead of myself. David Bence is next on the list, do you know what I mean? I'll be fully focused on him. But in terms of Ilve, yeah, that just exploded at the start of the year about the pizza you know everybody bought into it and it's a massive fight everybody wants to see it you know um, a lot of people here in Ireland and a lot of people in Germany also bought into it me and Dennis are still in contact it's personal between the two of us we private message each other weekly do you know what I mean he says he's going to win I say really and on a weekly basis you're doing this on a weekly basis do you know <laughs> what I mean it's happening He's bang up for the fight just as much as I am. Credit to him. You know, he's a good fighter. It's a great fight. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. You know, I think Dennis Elway is my golden nugget. When I beat him, I'm on my way. So, yeah, the sooner it happens, the better. Sports Beat Extra Beats
1: 102, 103.
2: Right, so I'm delighted to be joined on the line by, can I say, Drifting Royalty? Uh, James Dean. James, yeah. look, it's brilliant to have you on the show. Um, you're in Goodwood at the moment, am I right in saying?
3: Yeah, thank you very much, it's a pleasure to be on it, and uh, yeah, we're at Goodwood at the moment, it's Speed Week this week uh, in the UK, which is an event basically uh, congregating so many motorsport legendary cars from all over, all year, F1, Group B rally cars, uh, we're here with our drift cars doing a, a drifting show, and uh, yeah, it's brilliant to, to be a part of it, so it's been, it's going on ITV, uh, a lot of live streams on the internet, and uh, there's just basically a lot of media here close to public but it's, it's a pleasure to be
2: here yeah it's a bit of a strange one like all these events because as you say it's going to be on ITV so probably you're going to have more eyes on you than you ever would but when you're there it's going to feel like you're you know performing to an empty crowd is it, is it a bit strange I know when you when it comes to just racing it's a little bit easier to get your head down you look at the cars in front of you when you when it comes to drifting you, the spectacle of it is almost as important and you probably miss that kind of feedback from the crowd do you?
3: Definitely one of the, the biggest things about uh, drifting is definitely putting on a show for the crowd. But when you know that there's so many people watching online, it's, uh, it's you, you still get the same buzz because you know you're performing in front of an audience, and uh, it's definitely different. But it, it's great to be, to be honest, behind the wheel of the cars again and uh, just be putting on a good show and having fun with you know some friends that we haven't seen in
2: quite a while Absolutely and look uh, I was looking at Mac Griffin's um, Instagram there just some of the machinery there is, is unbelievable um, is it nice as well with the ITV thing like you know I, I was going to ask you this question just a little bit about kind of the general perception of drifting and that people might have a kind of a, a more of a negative perception about it people that don't know more about the sport so I suppose it's good to get eyes on it and for people to see the amount of skill uh, that's that's required to become uh, uh, you know at the level that you're performing at at the moment
3: yeah definitely I think one of the great things about doing Goodwood and I've been doing the Festival of Speed for the last five or six years uh, it's really introducing the sport to a new audience uh, often an older audience as well and uh, to be honest the reception every time is getting better and better there's more people getting to view it there's more people respect you know, the skill it takes to do what we do, showing these cars with 800 horsepower around the place and being in really good proximity to uh, to the, you know, the cars that we're drifting with or the, the obstacles on track. So I think it's definitely uh, an exciting one when people actually get their eyes on it and understand what we're actually doing out there. So, yeah, it, it's absolutely brilliant. As you can hear, there's a lot of loud cars around me, but it's great. It's a great smell of raised fuel in the air, all different blends. It's it's
2: great over here to be honest. Yeah, how 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 much for you know like a petrol head like yourself, and we we'll talk about it in a bit. Some of your YouTube videos because I think for people um that are into into their cars and into the tuning of cars your your stuff is so invaluable how how interesting is it for you this is almost like a little recce mission isn't it because you're seeing so many other cars how so many other things work so normally when you're at a drift event it's all kind of the one thing but now you're kind of be are you able to kind of swap tips with with some of the other mechanics and get an idea of how they're they're getting the max out of out of the equipment that they
3: have yeah so probably one of the most enjoyable things i've experienced so far here is that be honest it's it's awful to to, you know to have it as a closed event Mm. but for me personally and for the the other drivers and teams everyone gets to walk around all their different race cars like you can literally pull yourself under an old you know f1 car and see exactly how it's put together you can get up and close to everything and uh earlier on there there was a line of uh groupie Rally cars in the gridding area, and you can you can go up and touch the cars. You can walk around them. You can look at them. You can take pictures with them. It's, it's a real pleasure, as a, you know, a petrol head or motorsport head to just get up and close to so many amazing cars from all different disciplines. So it's
2: definitely one of a kind like that. You know, on the Formula 1, we had the the, the Drive to Survive, for example, the documentary and stuff like that. But um, it's so great to kind of get behind the scenes and you're so active on YouTube. Is that something that you kind of had to work hard hard to do or was it something that you just really naturally enjoyed doing the kind of filming part of it?
3: Well, to be honest, it's something that I kind of wanted to do for a while and I never really took it on, you know, properly before this year um, but as this year kind of you know, when we started going to lockdown back in March, I had a lot more free time on hand so I said you know this is a good time good opportunity to just pick up a camera and try to to walk people through what I'm doing during the week so like every week from March to now I made, we made a video, um, I got used to editing videos and, and doing it all so it's definitely a new experience but the reception has been really nice and I think people enjoy just seeing what we get up to every week. And, uh, you know, <laughs> more often than not, there's something happening with a race car, or working on them, or talking about them, you know, seeing others, going to events. So uh, it's, it's really nice to bring people along for the ride and really just try to show for what it is. If we're struggling, we're struggling. If we're winning, we're winning. You know, it, like, I'm just trying to be as normal as possible. And uh, I think I think the people have enjoyed that.
2: And even if it isn't about race cars, you're you're talking about like, tell us a little bit about the new heater that you've installed in the garage because I think a lot of fellas are get a kick out of this.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad, my dad used to build rally cars and uh, rally himself back in his day, and uh, basically, even though he he has the whole house, house is running off his own heating system, hot water for the radiators, hot water for the house, and off the same system it's plumbed into my garage and it's going through a Toyota Yaris radiator <laughs> with a big industrial fan behind it and it literally, if it's freezing, if it's freezing outside, it'll bring the garage up to 18 degrees. It's Sweet job. And, uh, <laughs> he has it working perfectly. It's all on a, on a switch in the wall working off a staff and, uh, he just loves projects like that. Yeah. He has my, uh, my, my other brother's workshop he for running off a different heating system then as well. So, right. uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's 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 good at uh, thinking outside
2: the box. That's for sure. Um, is there any anything else for you in the calendar coming up, or is it just a case now of just trying to get the head down and prepare? And and I suppose on top of that, what what does preparing look like for you in terms of over the next, uh, you know, the next couple of months, knowing that you have competitions coming up? Like what what needs to be done between now and then? Do you think to kind of get yourself where you want to be, that you're happy to kind of to go back out competing at, at the highest level?
3: Yeah, so to be honest, um, right now after speed week, there probably isn't going to be many events for the rest of the season. Um, so it does give us the opportunity to just plan and you know pick up the phone, make phone calls, try to get a real good idea as to what the best move to make next. Um, obviously, next year is approaching quite quickly. We haven't been competing in Formula Drift in the US this year. Um, it's basically going to be making a decision where where we're going to compete, uh, where's the best opportunities and uh, Trying to probably pick one of them and just going through it. So uh, planning is probably the biggest part of my uh, next couple of months for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited to see how it all starts taking shape, and uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 just excited to get back on track again.
2: And I suppose do you do you if you are looking at that planning side of things, are you going to have to pick a base somewhere, knowing that you know you might be stuck somewhere, and that'll be the only place you'll be able to compete? Yeah,
3: that is definitely a big. Be- factor of the planning, so like, you know, for example, if we decide to compete in former drift and there's still uh, travel restrictions, then I'm probably just better off focusing on staying in the US for a majority of next year, or if it's the Drift Masters European Championship, same kind of deal, just focus on this, because I really don't think we're going to be able to travel, I, I don't know, look, you you never know, but I, I travelling and uh, you know, not having to quarantine is probably going to be an issue next year and if you're doing more than one championship then more often than not you have uh, drift events or competitions back to back on uh, on the weekend so you definitely, you know, we just have to, to play it by year for now um, but uh, I think it's definitely better off just pick uh, pick one and uh, focus on that mainly so we'll just have to wait and see what happens
2: Tracking sport across the southeast.
1: Sports Beat Extra.
2: That's all from this week's Sports Beat Extra. You can listen back to this and every other episode by visiting beat102103.com forward slash podcast. But up next is Trish with Beat Anthems.